Welcome to the Informal Podcast. My name is Austin Coley. I'm here with Sam Lewis. Sam, how are you on this Sunday night? I've been better. It, it was a rough day for Middle Tennessee sports fans. I mean, MTSU gets jobbed. Tennessee loses a heartbreaker in the SEC championship game. This is supposed to be a happy day. Bracket day is supposed to be one of the best days of the year, and I'm just I'm sad. Not only that, but Nashville gets a great set of teams, including Xavier and Cincinnati as the ringers. <laughs> I mean, yeah. why is Tennessee not playing in Nashville? I was so excited to go to Nashville to watch the first two games of Tennessee being in it. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess Cincinnati gets to go because they're the two seed. And if Tennessee would have won today, they might have moved up to that two slot and been in Nashville. It didn't work out. I'm okay with it, though, because if Tennessee manages to make it to the Sweet 16, they'll be in Atlanta, and the informal podcast will be represented at that game in Atlanta if we get there. So well, I'm looking at the positives. A little live recording, if I may. That would be great. Absolutely. So um, You know, we'll be live and in, in person. So in case um, you have been living under a rock or you did not read the description of this podcast, we will be talking about the – NCAA basketball tournament with the bracket being released tonight. We were recording it just as the bracket's been released. Um, And first of all, I want to apologize for sounding a little nasally. I believe down here in Florida, more pollen has fallen than rain since I've been here. So I've got a little Jordan flu game going on, but, you know, I'm going to power through and, you know, get my 45. So, um, they, you know, just hang with me there. But uh, first, I guess what I want to lead off with is the big cat. The big cat was back, and and I would be remiss if we didn't start off our show, talk a little Tiger Woods at the Valspar in Tampa. He's back. He is back. I didn't He's think back. I mean, he had a couple. He had a top ten right a couple weeks ago. Or Did he? I have no idea. It was close. Before the I top don't know. ten. But still, I mean, he just wasn't close to winning. Now, you do going into today that Connors, Kevin Connor, Carl, Carl Connor, whatever, something Connors, was not going to win this tournament. And I've never heard of that person. Who exactly. That? So apparently, he on Monday tried to qualify for the Valspar. He shot six or he shot seventy-one and finished third. The guy that won the the qualifications shot 65 but something happened and he couldn't do it and then the next guy something happened and he couldn't do it so this guy gets admitted into the Valspar as the third competitor who qualified and then goes out to hold the lead after the first round second round and third round and he's going in with a one-shot lead over Tiger over Justin Rose over Snedeker today and Tiger is in the second-to-last group. He's playing with Snedeker, and Justin Rose is playing with Connors. Never in a million years did I think Paul Casey would win this tournament, but do not worry. We are not going to spend any time at all talking about Paul Casey on this podcast. You've already spent way too much time talking about someone named Connors, who I've never heard of. Factually correct. You've completely buried the lead. The only reason we're going to talk about golf before the Masters is because Tiger was involved. I watched almost all of that tournament this afternoon, and they didn't show one shot from this Connors person who apparently had the lead. So what are we even talking about here? This is about Tiger. He looked good, didn't he? I mean, like, it. you 
if you weren't around for the last four years, you would have never thought he went through four back surgeries. Uh, he he didn't look like peak Tiger, right? He's getting old, but he looked he was competitive with the other guys that are out there. When he made that putt on 17, did anyone think he was not going to birdie 18 and tie it up? I, I mean, I was he put in the bank. I thought it was over. Oh, absolutely. And Patrick Reed had that putt to tie and ran it back down. It looked like something that would happen to me on the course. And then Tiger gets on the hole and hits his driving iron and leaves himself like 185 to the hole. You would think, so Tiger doesn't need a second-place finish. He's got enough money where it's either win or you lose, right? I mean, he's not playing the place. He's not playing for a for a top five or a top ten. He plays to win tournaments. So why not take out the big stick there, which he had been hitting really well, or a fairway medal and try to pipe one down to have a wedge or a low iron in. Instead, he had 185, and they said with the wind, it was playing close to 200 where, you know, <laughs> on that shot, I'd probably have to hit a four or five for Tiger. It's probably like a seven, but still. He is seven iron. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was strange too, but I mean, you say he plays to win and peak Tiger does, but at this point, I think Tiger just wanted to get in and give himself a chance. I think he wanted to get on the green and give himself a birdie putt, and that's what he did. And I mean, it was, you know, whatever it was, a 25 or 30 footer, but this is the best Tiger we've, we've seen Tiger play in a long time. And I think if you're expecting him to get back to where he was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it's probably never going to happen. You're never going to see that guy again. And I think that the guy we saw today is probably who we're going to see, a guy who competes and who has a chance to win on Sunday. And I'll take that because this is the first golf tournament I've watched outside of the majors in probably five years. So, I, I mean, the PGA will take it. I think Tiger will take it. Put him in contention on Sunday and see what happens. Golf's more, way more interesting when he's there on Sunday afternoon. He will be in contention on Sunday in Augusta. He knows the course way too well and is playing way too well not to be. I'm not a huge Tiger Woods fan. I'm more enamored with him and the aura around him and his golf game than anything. But golf is certainly more fun with Tiger Woods in contention on a Sunday, no matter if it's the Valspar, the Masters, or a putt-putt game. People are going to tune in <laughs> and watch. Second it was of all, fantastic. It, it was just fantastic to see him coming down 18 wearing the all-red on Sunday. He didn't win, and that's fine, but it was I, I enjoyed golf for about half an hour there, and that's, that's saying something for me. Shout out to Patrick Reed for also wearing a red shirt and black pants. That Red shirt, black pants, r- black hat. What are you doing, Patrick Reed? Come on. You can't wear that on a Sunday when Tiger's there. <laughs> Karma came back and got him on the 18th. Second, let me get to <laughs> secondly, if you have not gone and listened to Sam and Aaron Lewis's informal podcast on the MLB offseason and looking forward to spring training this year, go and do that. Aaron Lewis and Sam are both a wealth of knowledge when it comes to Major League Baseball. I will say that the Pirates are winning the World Series this year, and I, <laughs> I did appreciate the shout-out to the Pirates being a great organization. The Pirates are a fantastic organization, and we're not giving away our World Series picks yet because Lewis and I are coming back at you here. Uh, I don't know when we're going to do it with the tournament. It's going to be sometime before uh, the regular season starts, obviously, but we're going to hit you with at least one preview pod, maybe two, depending on how long they run. Uh, but we'll get you with our World Series picks there. I'm not promising it's going to be the Pirates, even though they are a fantastic organization. Well, my pick's the Pirates. So 
with that being said, <laughs> let's get on with looking at this NCAA tournament that just came out. If you're listening to this late Sunday night, early Monday morning, you maybe have gotten your bracket in. So, initial reaction, I'm going to let you have the floor because I know you've got some strong words. First of all, if you're listening to this you know, on Monday on your way to work or whenever you are, don't fill out your bracket until you finish listening to this podcast. We're going to tell you how to fill out your bracket. We're going to give you the final four teams. We're going to give you the champion, uh, and that is a scientific fact. So just saying that to get that out of the way. The next thing that we've got to talk about is how royally screwed MTSU got. The Blue Raiders got the shaft, and I am furious about it. MTSU is not only one of the best 68 teams in the country, they are easily one of the best 30 to 35 teams in the country. And if you put them in this tournament as an 11 or a 12 seed, I'm just going to tell you, I was going to pick them go to at least to the Sweet 16. Maybe farther than that depends on how the, how the bracket broke down. And I'm mad at the committee for leaving them out. I'm more mad that they choked in the Conference USA tournament and lost to Southern Miss. So, I mean, they can't really complain too much because they lost that game. But at the same time, if you look at their, if you just watch them play, that team is a team that is good enough to make some noise in this tournament. They're interesting. They're fun to watch. They're certainly more fun to watch than Texas or Syracuse. How in the world does Syracuse get into this tournament? I didn't even know they were playing basketball anymore. I thought Bayheim was out of there. What yep. happened to that? At, Trey Young in Oklahoma, they've lost like 57 consecutive games. They still get in as a 10 seed. Meanwhile, MTSU is going to the NIT. I'm furious. I'm so mad. Nick King deserved better than this. I, I don't even know what else to say. It's a travesty. What the, what the committee's saying is that if you play in the Conference USA, don't even play any regular season games. Because if you don't win your conference tournament, you're not going to the big dance regardless. So why even put any effort into the regular season? Just save up all your energy for the tournament and hope you get lucky. Because this was the best team in that league all year. They were one of the best 25 teams for most of the year. And they have one bad night in March and they don't get to go to the tournament. And it's, it's just, it's criminal if you ask me and I'm not biased at all. (laughs) It doesn't sound like it, but seriously, I mean, every year a team that deserves to get in a smaller school that has talent gets left out for a power five conference team who has had a couple of big wins and an average record, but the committee always goes with them. And, this year, it just happened to hit closer to home with MTSU, which I they proved it last year, was it last year, right, where they made it to the Sweet 16? They beat Michigan State two years ago, I believe, and then last year, I don't remember if it was a Sweet 16, but they won at least one more game. I, it's just so typical of the NCAA. You look at the last few teams on the board, and you've got Arizona State, you've got Oklahoma, you've got Syracuse, then you've got MTSU and St. Mary's. Who do you think they're going to pick? Are they going to pick Bayheim or are they going to pick Kermit Davis? Are they going to pick Trey Young's team or are they going to pick Giddy Potts team? Those guys in the men, women, I don't know who's making these decisions. The people on the selection committee have never heard of Giddy Potts. And they don't know who Nick King is. They're going to go with the guys that are going to sell the most tickets, that are going to get the highest ratings. And you can't blame them, I guess, but it's ridiculous. And I just don't know. I mean, MTSU should have been in. St. Mary's should have been in. You could even argue that Western Kentucky should have been in. But they're not going to get in as an at-large bid because I guess if you're in the Conference USA, like I said earlier, if you don't win the tournament, you have no shot. So it, it's just demoralizing as an alum of a mid-major school like that that you're you really you're playing for the tournament at the end of the year. None of the games before that really mean anything because MTSU can't schedule 
big power conference teams because no one wants to play MTSU and have an lost MTSU on their resume. You're not going to be able to play Kentucky or you know Florida or Kansas or any teams like that because all the, all those teams get out of playing MTSU is a chance at a loss. Yeah. All right. MTSU, MTSU played Vandy, beat Vandy in Memorial in Memorial Gym in Nashville. They went to that tournament in Maui, I think it was. Played USC really close, Miami really close. Finished third in that tournament. I don't know what else they could have done other than win the tournament, the Conference USA tournament. You would have to think if they would have beaten USC or beat Miami, they'd probably get in. And that's what's so frustrating about it is both of those were less than five point games that MTSU was controlling for part of the game and you know easily belonged on the floor with those teams. And it, they lose by three points or whatever it was in December, and you're out of the tournament. And it's just, I know that Kermit Davis has come out frustrated about it, and Chris Massaro, the AD, had a couple of tweets, but. There's just not a lot you can do as a mid-major. You know, they'd rather have the big boys in there. It also hurt that Davidson, I believe, beat Rhode Island. Is that right? David, yep, Davidson yep. took a at-large whenever they won their conference tournament. Um, yeah. And when that happens, and it just narr- it, it really narrows the field. And you always get one or two of those a year, too, where you know that you know Rhode Island, I guess, it has a better resume. I, I haven't seen a lot of Rhode Island this year, but yeah, I guess they – yeah, they get the nod over a team like MTSU. And I know that no one really cares about MTSU other than me, but this is my platform, and I'm l- putting my thoughts out there. I think yeah. they've got jobs. Use it. Use it. Use it, big fella. All right. We got jobbed. All right, let's talk about teams people care about. Okay, let's look at the first round. We'll kind of go through – this is classic and podcast planning right here. Kind of go through the first round, see any interesting games – then maybe some Cinderella's we see moving on to maybe the Sweet 16, Elite 8, pick a Final Four, pick a national championship, okay? That'll work. That'll work. Kick us off. All right. We'll start in the South region where Virginia is the number one seed. Looking, number one overall, right? Yeah, number one overall seed after winning the ACC tournament. Virginia is an interesting team. Virginia... I think scored 70 points for the first time since like November the other day. So I actually like a team that is more solid defensively than offensively in this tournament because you can be more consistent. So with it being the number one overall seed, I think it's a safe bet to sort of ride them. But there is a team in the South that could win this whole thing. And they're not the two I know seed. where you're going. They're not I the know three where you're seed. Going. They're they, the four seed. They are. They are the DeAndre four seed. DeAndre Ayton. That team is so explosive offensively. If they got hot, they could win the whole thing. Spoiler alert, all right? They, it's the perfect sports movie, right? Their coach, Sean Miller, gets railroaded by ESPN at the report that he was cheating with absolutely zero evidence, apparently. DeAndre Ayton gets his name dragged through the mud saying that he took money, which he absolutely took money. Okay, of course he did. Let it be known that the informal podcast did not go off of zero evidence like ESPN did. No, we didn't. We waited for for all the evidence to come out. We don't care who's first. We're just going to be right here at the informal podcast. This is where you get your news, all right? And we didn't put out a podcast saying that Sean Miller was going to get fired. Some people did, but we didn't. And now they have got the entire, the whole... The whole world's against them. 
and they get in as a four seed. They won the Pac-12 tournament, and DeAndre Ayton is the best player in college basketball. And I, I hate it for Virginia that they, they're the number one overall seed, and you get you get that team as the four seed. You got to play in the Sweet 16. Yeah, I wouldn't want to see that team at all. DeAndre Ayton's terrifying. Yeah, that is. <laughs> That is a scary matchup for Virginia. And Tennessee is also in the south bracket going to Dallas. They'll play Wright State and then maybe Miami in the second round. And that's a grinded-out team as well, sort of a Virginia-like quality to them. So the south is not really an easy bracket. In fact, it may be the hardest bracket to climb out of, which isn't usually the case for the number one overall seed. Are there any other games in the first round of this that interest you? I'm going to take um, – I mean, you always want to pick a couple of 11 seeds or 12 seeds to win a game or two. And this is going to be my bias coming out again, but I'm taking Davidson to beat Kentucky. Wow. I think – Kentucky's we're playing about, really good right now. They are. We're about four hours removed from Kentucky winning the SEC championship over, over my beloved Tennessee Vols and a heartbreaker. And Kentucky's good. They got a lot of talent. But if you watch that game today, I think Kentucky played almost as well as they could have played, and I think Tennessee played about a B minus game. They weren't making they weren't making shots like they made on Saturday against Arkansas. They Admiral Schofield, you know, probably their best player, went out in the second half for about eight minutes, uh, you know, of with it with some kind of injury. And Kentucky still Tennessee was right in that game all the way to the end. Kentucky won by five on free throws at the end. So I don't think that Kentucky's going to be able to bring that level of consistency, that level of excellence they played with in the SEC tournament. I don't think they're going to be able to carry it on. And I think that Davidson, they just won their tournament too, and I think they're coming in hot, and they're going to be able to jump up and beat Kentucky. Mostly the reason I'm picking this is not only because I hate hate Kentucky, it's because I think Arizona <laughs> is going to beat Kentucky anyway. So I'm just trying to sneak an upset pick in there and pick Davidson. So I've got Arizona in the Sweet 16, but – I, I just wouldn't trust that Kentucky team. They got a lot of talent, and they could absolutely get hot and make some noise. But I just don't trust them. They don't, you know, they always have all freshmen, but they just seem to be particularly inconsistent this year. Fair enough. I mean, this upset's going to happen. The reason it's an upset because it is an upset because one team's better than the other. So i definitely I mean a 12-5 happens every year which ones are going to be right so and and that game's in idaho too coach cal was really salty about that yeah doesn't yeah the where the the committee has sent teams doesn't really make a whole lot of sense all right let's move on to the west where xavier is the number one seed playing in nashville a couple of other interesting teams in this side of the bracket gonzaga is a four seed Who's made the conference tournament or made this tournament? What was this? Seventy-eight straight years or whatever it is. Every single year, every year they make it. Every year, Michigan is the three seed who won the Big Ten tournament, but it's been like a month since they last played a game. The three seed is oh the Michigan. Sorry, Michigan's the three seed. The two seed is North Carolina, who played really well in the ACC tournament and beat Duke, and they're a two seed. They're playing the Lipscomb Bisons. Bison? Bisons? Bison. I, Shout out Nashville. I, but I believe it's Bisons. I believe they're the Lipscomb Bisons, even though that's not know. correct. You would know better than I would know since you went to Belmont. 
regardless, they will probably get beat handily by North Carolina. Are there any games here that you see a possible upset or that you make your eyebrows raise a little bit? Not particularly. I've got this bracket being pretty much um, chalk. chalk, at least in the first round. I think Providence has a good chance to beat Texas A&M in the 7-10 game, but, I mean, nobody really cares about the 7-10 game. I think that Missouri, that Missouri-Florida State game could be interesting. You know, Michael Porter Jr. comes back for the SEC tournament for Missouri, takes a ton of shots, doesn't play very well, and it seems pretty obvious he was just trying to up his draft stock right here before the end of the season, and I think it might have cost Missouri because they were playing pretty well without him. Um, I don't think that matters too much because neither one of those teams has beaten Xavier anyway. But other than that, I mean, this bracket seems pretty straightforward to me. I don't, you know, I didn't pick either one of the 11 or 12 seed here. I think that the Ohio State South Dakota State game could be interesting because I believe that game's in Idaho too, right? It and, is. I mean, I don't know if South Dakota State has any fans, but that's about as close as you could get to home. If Ohio you're playing State's in the a for good team. Ohio State they, could be a team that could make a run out of this. They could, or they absolutely could, or they could lose in the first round. Who knows? Who knows? All right. We'll get to some Cinderella's later, but let's move on to the East, where Villanova is the one seed. Some other interesting teams are West Virginia. Yep. Wichita State is the four seed. Texas Tech's the three. And Purdue and their seven foot five center is the two seed. What are your thoughts on this side of the bracket? Let's start at the top. The Alabama Virginia Tech game is interesting to me. I don't know – if you look at Alabama's resume as a whole, I think they lost five games in a row at the end of the season, ended up with 15 losses, and that's another team that just – everybody was like, of course they should get in over teams like St. Mary's and MTSU. Whatever, we've had that discussion. I think, with that being said, Colin Sexton's a really good player, and I think that they'll beat Virginia Tech. And I think if – they're one of those teams that I think they would have been better off getting an 11 or a 12 seed than a 9 seed because – if they were an 11 seed, I might pick them to win two games or maybe even three games, but I don't think they have a chance to beat Villanova. Right. Um, so if they were the 11 seed, UCLA and uh, St. Bonnie. Yeah. Or is the, you know, they're playing the playing game there, but you think, okay, if, if Alabama is the 11 seed, they beat Florida there, which that could definitely happen. They could definitely go on to beat Texas Tech, right? Sure. Absolutely. And you never know what can happen from there. But playing Villanova in the second round, an experienced Villanova team, is will be a tall task. That will be. And I think Colin Sexton, he has the potential. I think he's one of the best players in the country. And he could just put the team on his back, you know, and go on a run. But Villanova in the second round is going to be tough. That team is just so much more complete than Alabama is. But, I mean – Looking down to the next line there with West Virginia as the five seed, how do you, how far do you think they could go? That's a good team, too. I was surprised they were that low. I thought they'd be a three or a four. What's crazy is they're playing Murray, who was a scary 12. I watched him play my Belmont Bruins, and Belmont, granted, isn't the most – their game isn't physicality and athleticism for the – you know, they, they work off schemes and finding the open guy and knocking down shots um, and working together, but – they just they beat Belmont pretty handedly, and they looked strong. They've got a great – Murray's got a great point guard. Um, Is that the dude score. with the hair that comes down to his knees? <coughs> no, he was their center who took oh, like 12 okay. threes in that game. 
But, I watched about five minutes of that game, and that's what I took away from it. That dude's hair is awesome. Unfortunately, West Virginia is solid. So that's a tough matchup for Murray. Now, if Murray was on the other side or playing Kentucky or if they were playing Ohio State or especially Clemson there in the Midwest, which we'll get to, I'd, I'd probably pick them more. But Murray's a good team, too. West Virginia wins that game. They could beat Wichita and give Villanova a run for their money. They really could, and I think you're you're right that Murray got the toughest five seed by far, and I would have loved to pick them to win a game, but I just don't think they can beat that press from West Virginia. So I've got West Virginia winning that game and beating Wichita to match up with Villanova in what will be one of the most exciting Sweet 16 games, I think. But on the bottom half of this bracket, I'm not seeing a ton that excites me. I mean, Purdue, I don't love Purdue. Outside of the dude that's eight feet tall, I don't think they have very much. I'd rather much. watch paint dry than watch Purdue play basketball. Every, every single possession is you throw it to the giant and he either makes the shot or he doesn't, and that's it, <laughs> and they go play defense. Uh, Texas Tech, I think that's a pretty soft three seed. Florida is a team. They got Chris Chioza at point guard, who's one of the best players in the SEC. I went to the, full disclosure, I went up to Knoxville to watch Florida and Tennessee play. A little Chioza, informal live reporting there. A little inf- boots-on-the-ground reporting. Chioza's really good. He was the best player on the floor that night. But Florida doesn't have a ton else. I mean, they've got the big Ukrainian dude. That I don't know his name, but he can shoot threes. But outside of the point guard, Chioza, if, he's, if they're not making jump shots around him, they're not very good. So they're a team that I could see, if they get hot from three, they could – you know, make it run. They can make it run. I could see them easily get into the Elite Eight. But if they're not making their threes, I think that they could lose early. And I've actually – I am picking them to go out in the first round. I think wow. it'll probably be UCLA. But either one of those teams that comes out of that, you know, play-in game, I think has a really good shot of beating Florida. Just because if you can – if you can stop them from hitting their threes, they don't have a lot else. Right. Right. So, uh, talking about hitting threes, let's move down to the Midwest. Midwest has Auburn in it, who run and gun, Bruce Pearl. Or they're missing their center, correct? Um, which yeah, he, may prove pretty difficult. nasty injury. Yeah. Right. Kansas is the one seed in this bracket. TCU's the sixth seed. Michigan State's the three. And then Duke is lurking down. There. I always feel like they're in the bottom right of the bracket as a two seed. Every single year, they're the two seed in the bottom right of the bracket. Every year. Every year. It never fails. Every year since I've been filling out brackets. So it's a super interesting Midwest. It's going to be really interesting to see who comes out of this part. Just looking at it initially, Auburn, you don't know how they'll be. You assume they'll get through the first round, and and then they've got Clemson. um, And Kansas has been good, but they haven't been as consistent as they were in the past years. We'll get to who we think comes out of each side, but this – Midwest section of the bracket is a little clustered. I don't love really any teams in the top half of this bracket. I don't think can I mean Kansas is good. They always win the Big 12. But I don't think this is one of Kansas's best teams. I think Auburn they peaked too early. I mean they they've had a bunch of injuries late in the season. I don't think they're very good at this point. I don't know anything about Clemson. I didn't know they played basketball at Clemson. Um, so shout out to them for getting a five seed, but I think they're going to lose to New Mexico State. Um, and this just speaks to how the bracket sets up because, I mean, New Mexico State is a solid team, but they got a beautiful draw, in my opinion, because you get Clemson, 
And then if you beat them, you're probably going to get an Auburn team who's you know, down two or three of their best players. I've actually got New Mexico State making it all the way to the Sweet 16. It's not, not a because, bad call. Not because I love New Mexico State, just because the two teams they have to play to get there, I'm not super impressed with either. So it's like you said earlier, if Murray State was in that position, I would feel much better about picking them to go, you know, to win those two games as well. But it's just the luck of the draw. But I think what is really interesting in the Midwest is the bottom half of that bracket. You've got Duke and Michigan State down there. And I think those are two of the best teams in the country. Yeah, and they put them down there together where they could possibly meet in the Sweet 16. What a Sweet 16 matchup that would be. It feels like a Final Four game, doesn't it? <laughs> Izzo, Krzyzewski, uh, that would be something to see. And it's tough because, <clears throat> for me, I really like Duke a lot with um, Wendell Carter Jr. and Marvin Bagley. And Bagley's a beast. He's a beast. And they've also got, I mean, Grayson Allen's a senior leader and um, Gary Trent is starting knocking down threes. They're a good team, but Michigan State's also really good. So that side of the bracket is tough. We've been over each region. Let's pick our final four teams. Who do you think is going to come out of the south side of the bracket to make it to the go final back. four in San Antonio? You go back up, okay, at the, the south. I already said I was going to pick Davidson to beat Kentucky, but I'm just looking at my Sweet 16 real quick. The regional semifinal, I've got all chalk here. I've got the top four seeds. I've got Virginia, Arizona, Tennessee, and Cincinnati. I want so much to pick Tennessee to go to the final four out of this bracket. But I just can't. I don't think I watched a little bit of that Cincinnati game today, and they are salty on defense. And I don't know how Tennessee's going to score against, you know, that. I mean, they were just hounding every single possession, guys flying everywhere. That team's really good. Let's talk so about if, if Virginia played Cincinnati, the score may be 38 to 36. First one to 40 wins. I mean, talk <laughs> about a rock fight. My goodness. I've got Cincinnati going to the Elite Eight there. And I actually, I think that they're going to play Arizona. I think Arizona's wow. going to beat Virginia. And it's it's not really anything against Virginia. I mean, they're obviously very good. I just don't know who's going to stop DeAndre Ayton. He's a beast. And I think he's just going to, I think he's going to take this tournament over. And I think he's going to beat Virginia. I think they're going to beat Cincinnati. I've got Arizona going to the Final Four. No out way. Of, out of that South region. I would have liked I would have liked it more if they were a three seed instead of a four and they didn't have to play Virginia. But I mean the NCAA tournament is about it's about good coaches and it's about great players. And DeAndre Ayton's the best player, in my opinion. So I'm riding him all the way to the final four. Okay, full disclosure, we have not discussed our picks with each other. This is the first time I've heard about him putting Arizona in the final four. I actually have Arizona in the final four as well. Which I is think it's crazy. gonna end up being I think it's end up gonna be kind of a popular popular pick. But Okay, Arizona's so explosive offensively. Obviously got the best player in the country playing for Arizona, but it's going to be tough if they have to go through Virginia and Cincinnati, two very stout defensive teams. If they're off at all, they'll get beat in either of those games. Without a doubt. I mean, and I, I don't feel confident about this at all. It's a high just, upside pick, right? Because they could win the tournament, is. but they, they could, could win also the whole thing. lose to Kentucky in the second round. You just they could know. win the whole thing. Or they, yeah, exactly. And it's it's going to come down to to how far Aiton can carry him. I really think it is. And I think that if he's mentally in the right state and he can stay out of foul trouble, 
I don't know that there's anyone in the country that can stop that guy. So I'm just going to ride with the big man, and it may look ridiculous this time next week after they lose to Kentucky. But, hey, it's, this is what, it's what bracket season's all about. Go with your gut. I love it. Moving on to the West, where Xavier is the one. Talk a little bit about how your bracket is shaping out and who you've got coming out of that side. I'm looking my sweet 16 here. I've got Xavier Gonzaga, North Carolina, and I picked Houston to beat Michigan. I don't really know that much about either one of those teams, but I think the Elite Eight, it's going to be Xavier and UNC, and I just trust UNC more than I trust Xavier. Joel Berry is a senior point guard. He's been to the Final Four. This will be the last two years in a row, and I don't think Luke May is very good, but the tournament oftentimes is about who has the best guard play, and I think Joel Berry is one of the best point guards in the country. So I'm going to ride with the veteran leadership, the veteran point guard, the guy who's been there two consecutive years, make it three in a row. I'm going with the heels. <laughs> Dude, I picked the I picked North Carolina as well. <laughs> Are we going to have the same bracket? Maybe. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, they won it last year. They've got such leadership. I mean, no teams really just scare me on this side. Xavier's good, but I don't trust Xavier to get to the Final Four. I don't know. I just don't. I think Ohio State could get there. I don't think Michigan can get there. They won the Big Ten. They're a solid team, yes, but they've just had – it's been so long since they last played a game. They're not going to be hot anymore. I mean, I'm you pick, just I'm go through North Carolina too. You just go through that region, and what teams scare you? I mean, I'm not scared of Gonzaga. I'm not scared of Houston. I'm not scared of Texas A&M or Michigan. I mean, really, you've got Gonzaga and UNC with the experience, and Xavier's the one seed, but they don't scare me either. So, I mean, go with what you know. You know you know, UNC is going to show up and play well. So that's who I'm taking. Safe bet for sure. Moving on to the east side where Villanova's the one. Walk me through this side. Walk me through this region. I'll just skip right to the end. I think Villanova is the best team in the tournament. I think Jay Wright is the best coach in the country, or at least one of them. They've got Jalen Brunson, who is probably going to be the national player of the year. They are arguably the best program in college basketball over the last half decade or so. I saw a tweet about how they've been, they've won the most games the last five years. They've won the Big East tournament. They've won the Big East regular season, one of the two, you know, four or five years in a row. The team, they don't get the huge recruits and they don't get a ton of buzz, but they're in the mix every year at the end of the season. And I think, I actually think West Virginia in the Sweet 16 is going to be their toughest game. And I really wanted to pick West Virginia to go further, but I mean the way the bracket breaks down, you get Villanova in the Sweet 16. I'm taking Villanova, and I think they're gonna they're gonna come out of this bracket. Yeah, I think looking at this, West Virginia could definitely give them a run for their money there if West Virginia plays a really good game. And I just don't trust Purdue at all. I, I think not Purdue, even a little bit. I think I, I I just don't think Purdue is all that good. Texas Tech. I mean, do, not all do that you good. Really think Texas Tech could beat Villanova? I mean, they can, no. but you know, I take Villanova eight out of ten times against them. Absolutely, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take what you just said to the next level. Not only do I not trust Purdue and not trust Texas Tech. I've actually got Arkansas beating both of those teams and making it all the way to the Elite Eight. I just don't – I mean, you could say it's SEC bias if you want. I watched Arkansas play quite a bit this year, but that team's got a great backcourt. They've got an athletic freshman center who dunks on everybody, 
And I just, it's like you said, Purdue's not great. Texas Tech isn't great. So, I mean, I don't feel good about them. Why not take the high upside team in Arkansas who can at least put points on the board? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've, I mean, I'm going to take Villanova here as well. Um, <laughs> three for three. I mean, I'll really, I'm, I'm still working through my bracket, you know, tweaking it, making changes. And, you know, I don't know exactly the final four, I'm pretty sure. But, um, and I want to just take another team just for the sake of taking another team from you. But I really just think Villanova is by far the best team on that side of the bracket. Without a doubt. Without okay. a doubt. Moving on to the Midwest with some of the I – mean, you have Kansas, Duke, and Michigan State all on this side. And That's Syracuse. Crazy. I mean, think of oh, all the – Oh, forget Syracuse. But think Syracuse about the shouldn't even be in the tournament. No, Syracuse shouldn't even be in the tournament. Get out of here, Syracuse. All right. Well, tell me how Syracuse is going to lose and who's going to win. Syracuse shouldn't be in the tournament. Arizona State shouldn't be in the tournament. So I don't care who wins that game. It doesn't matter. Either one of them's going <laughs> to lose to TCU. That's ridiculous that both of those teams got in. And it's just complete name recognition. It's the only reason they got in. Neither one of those teams deserve to be in the tournament. So they're going to lose to TCU in the first round. I think that the this entire bracket is going to hinge on the Sweet 16 game between Michigan State and Duke. And I probably spent more time thinking about that game than any other one when I was filling this out. And... I went with Michigan State, but it really it pains me because I think Duke is really good. Yes. They're, yes. they're really good. We're different. Uh, We're differing. <laughs> Duke's going to win this side of the bracket. Duke's going to win they, the Midwest. They might, and I think that that game is going to be the, region champ, the regional championship because I think either one of those teams would beat Kansas in the Elite Eight. I'm going with Miles Bridges and Tom Izzo. Bridges came back for a sophomore year. And they got Johnson, I think, is the freshman's name that's really good. They got a couple of other studs. And I'm just going to give the nod to those guys. Sorry, I just about knocked my mic off the table. I'm going to give the nod to Izzo over Coach K. But like I said, I've spent more time thinking about that game than any other one. But I do have Michigan State winning. I've got Michigan State beating Kansas going to the Final Four. Okay. Here's my thing about Duke. Duke is so well-rounded. They can score inside. They can score outside. They can play defense, especially with that zone that they've been playing that has been solid. Yes. Yes, they can. Michigan State's going to pick that zone apart. But also, Duke could lose in the Sweet 16. (laughs) Duke could lose to Rhode Island. Duke could lose to Rhode Island. They could, without a doubt, lose to Rhode Island. But I'm picking Duke. Okay, well, so, good. That that's our entire differ, difference on our bracket. Hopefully, is right hopefully there we in that differ game. in our national champion. Then, so we'll see. now what everybody has been waiting for, Sam, who is your official informal podcast national championship for the 2018 March Madness Final Four? The official Final Four. This is how it's going to be. Is Arizona, UNC, Villanova, and Michigan State. Go ahead and write that in stone. That's going to happen. My national championship game, I'm going with a rematch from a couple of years ago, Villanova and North Carolina, and I'm going with the same outcome. Villanova over UNC. My tiebreaker, final score, Villanova 74, UNC 70. Give me Nova. Give me Jay Wright and his fancy suits and his perfectly quaffed hair. I'm (laughs) going with Nova. Wow. Villanova to win 
the national championship. Okay. Which is terrifying to me, by the way, because they could absolutely lose to West Virginia in the Sweet 16. Yeah. You just don't know. You just do not know. So, I mean, my picks were Arizona, North Carolina, Villanova, and Duke. I, for my national championship game, let me say I'm going to put North Carolina in. But for me, no. if, if they play Arizona in the Final Four, I think North Carolina wins. If they play Virginia, I think Virginia wins that game. So We just saw that game last night. North Carolina could not score on Virginia at all. Right. So, just for clarification there, if Virginia's in the Final Four, I think they make it. Duke's <laughs> going to make it on the other side. I think Duke beats Villanova. So, you, I mean... You got I'm, UNC Duke? I do. That I can't know, happen. I don't know if it's just because I want to see that in the national championship. Both of those teams, obviously, are national championship caliber. And looking through it, I think Duke's going to win the national championship. They could also lose in around the 32. They could lose, they could to, lose to Rhode Island. They could lose to Iona. <laughs> but my is, official uh, informal podcast national championship for 2018 is Mike Krujewski and the Duke Blue Devils. I hope that that feels good. You're you're joining up with the evil empire. And it feels great, Duke. Sam. It feels Duke great. Duke and UNC in the national championship cannot happen. There's no way that would happen. That would turn the world off its axis if those teams face each other for the fourth time this year. Well, get ready because the it's world coming. might be ending. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this, and we would love to hear who you have winning the national championship. So please reach out to us on Twitter at Informal US or through email at informalpublication at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Austin Coley. Sam is at Lewis underscore zero six. We hope you enjoy these March Madness games, especially Thursday, Friday. It's two of my favorite days of the year. It's the best weekend of the year. Look out for a pod coming soon with Sam and Aaron Lewis talking about the MLB season and their picks for the playoffs and a world series shout out Pittsburgh pirates your 2018 <laughs> world series champs. Thanks. How do you want to oh, let, let's do some pod planning here before we get out of here. Well, do you want to get back and do another one of these basketball pods after the first weekend or just want to fly back, you know, parachute back into the final four. What do you want to do? Let's, let's plan this live on the fly. I think we just play it by how, interesting this tournament is if it's madness we definitely jump back in if it's chalk i don't know if maybe not we sort of like discuss everything when we think it's going to happen so obviously what i said is going to play out so i don't know if there's need to go back and recap it fair but enough fair enough <laughs> we just play it by air keep well, the informal listeners on their toes you will definitely get a baseball pod in the coming days and you might get some more march madness talk we'll see be on the lookout for whatever again Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Peace!